0: Hi, welcome to Bookie, which unlock big ideas from world bestsellers in audio, text, and mind map. Please download Bookie at Apple Store or Google Play with more features, get your free mind snack now. Today we will unlock the book How Children Fail. In any given three years of life, an adult can hardly gain as much knowledge as an infant learns in their first three years. But why do these infants seem to lose their extraordinary ability to learn as they grow up? What exactly kills children's ability to learn? Why do they change from being full of curiosity and lovers of learning to hating school and disliking learning? Do schools and parents really understand what learning means? Are the methods of teaching used in schools the main culprit for this shift in behavior? This book explores and answers the above questions in detail. It allows us to re-examine a key fact, children are born smart. Instead of trying to make them smarter, schools and parents should focus on not making them stupid. The author of this book John Holt is the father of contemporary educational reform in the United States. Holt was educated at Ivy League schools and has taught at various private schools since the age of 30. His first book How Children Fail was published in 1964 which began an education reform movement in the United States in the 1960s. In 1967, his second book How Children Learn was published. If interested, please check out our bookie for that work as well. These two books which have sold millions of copies introduced Holt's rich and colorful thoughts about education to the world and have been translated into 14 languages. In addition to the above two representative books, he is also the author of other influential books, including Escape from Childhood, Freedom and Beyond, The Underachieving School, What Do I Do Monday, and Instead of Education, Ways to Help People Do Things Better. John Holt taught in a primary school in the United States from 1958 to 1961. This book is a series of his memos about teaching. Since its publication in 1964, Holt has often stressed that in essence, the book is about how teachers fail. In the book, he recorded problems that he observed in class, as well his reflections on those problems. In the book's second edition which was released 20 years later, he added further observations. In Holt's view, children are born intelligent and studious. It is the teaching methods of schools and teachers that make children stupid. These methods drive children away from the classroom and kill their love of learning, thus leading to their failure in the education system. Next, we will extract the key points from this book through the following four parts. Part 1 – Children's Usual Coping Strategies Part 2, Children's Strategies Under the Influence of Fear and Failure. Part 3, Real Learning is Self-Exploration. Part 4, The Failure of School. Teachers often rely on feedback from students to judge whether they have learned something. However, in class, teachers are often only observing the results of the coping strategies adopted by students. These strategies may lead teachers to see an illusion or may prevent them from getting any effective feedback at all. We may recall the following scene from our own classroom experience as students, when the teacher asked a question, there would always be students who responded quickly. Their answers were usually very inaccurate, but the quantity of their output seemed to be very high. This is actually one of the most commonly used strategies by children. Children use various more or less uncritical rules and formulas in order to provide a quick answer and put an end to the teacher's questions. Holt calls these kinds of students producers. Producers have a mysterious treasure island in their hearts called Answerland. They see a question as a kind of announcement. Like the teacher's expressions and actions, the question is only a clue to the treasure of answers. Producers seldom delve into the relationship between questions and answers. They are only interested in getting answers quickly rather than focusing on how to get them. This is because as long as they find the right answer, the teacher will leave them alone. This is the first strategy that children use. Some children may not be as adventurous as producers, but they are also very active in class. For example, when the producers raise their hands to answer a question, those children also raise their hands. They want to show that they know what is going on in class, although they may not know the answer at all. When someone else answers questions, they nod their heads or add a comment. In short, they must do something. The thought in their mind is something like this, although I haven't got the faintest idea what the teacher wants me to do, I will do something then the teacher will leave me alone this is the second strategy that children commonly use this strategy can also develop into a more advanced one of guess and look when the teacher calls on a student using this strategy to answer a question the child will try to make guesses while scrutinizing the teacher's face to see whether they are on the right track or not while producers and children who must do something at least have a positive attitude there are some children who choose a more negative strategy, which is silence. For example, in his book, Holt mentioned a student named Ruth. The teacher asked one question after another, and Ruth responded with silence. The teacher had to think of a question that was easier and more simplified than the last, until he finally found one that couldn't be easier. But no matter what question he asked, Ruth remained silent. In the end, the teacher answered his own question. In this process, Ruth did not learn how to solve the problem. She was just testing the teacher's patience and waiting for him to tell her the answer. Children like Ruth who choose silence do not care about the purpose of the teacher's questions and how to solve the problems. They just worry about others laughing at their wrong answers, so they choose the safest way which is saying nothing, guessing nothing, Asking no questions and remaining silent. At the same time, this strategy has an unexpected advantage. Children who would have laughed at their wrong answers admire their silence. This is very conducive to gaining recognition among students. This safe strategy is also very popular with students. All right, that's it for part one. We discussed some of children's favorite tricks for coping with teachers' questions. Let's do a quick review. Children's strategies are very strange and different. They include getting answers by using illegitimate means, either by doing something to show that they are involved or by keeping silent. But what we really want to know is how did they change from being little babies who were persistent in learning and not afraid of failure to the people they are in school? Are there any external mechanisms that affect them? Let's now move on to part two.